Today's Old Testament reading is from Ezekiel 34. The word of the Lord came to me. Son of man, prophecy against the shepherds of Israel. Prophecy and say to them, even to the shepherds, thus says the Lord God. Ah, shepherds of Israel, who have been feeding yourselves, should not shepherds feed the sheep? You eat the fat, you clothe yourselves with the wool, you slaughter the fat ones, but you do not feed the sheep. The weak you have not strengthened, the sick you have not healed, the injured you have not bound up, the strayed you have not brought back, the lost you have not sought, and with force and harshness you have ruled them. So they were scattered, because there was no shepherd, and they became food for all the wild beasts. My sheep were scattered. They wandered all over the mountains and on every high hill. My sheep were scattered over all the face of the earth, and with none to search or seek for them. Verse 11. For thus says the Lord God, Behold, I, I myself, will search for my sheep and will seek them out. As a shepherd seeks out his flock when he is among his sheep that have been scattered, so will I seek out my sheep. And I will rescue them from all places where they have been scattered on a day of clouds and thick darkness. And I will bring them out from the peoples and gather them from the countries and will bring them to their own land. And I will feed them on the mountains of Israel by the ravines and in all the inhabited places of the country. I will feed them with good pasture and on the mountain heights of Israel shall be their grazing land. There they shall lie down in good grazing land and on rich pasture they shall feed on the mountains of Israel. I myself will be the shepherd of my sheep, and I myself will make them lie down, declares the Lord God. I will seek the lost, and I will bring back the strayed, and I will bind up the injured, and I will strengthen the weak, and the fat and the strong I will destroy. I will feed them in justice. Verse 22, I will rescue my flock, they shall no longer be a prey, and I will judge between sheep and sheep, and I will set up over them one shepherd, my servant David, and he shall feed them. He shall feed them and be their shepherd, and I, the Lord, will be their God, and my servant David shall be prince among them. I am the Lord, I have spoken. And they shall know that I am the Lord, their God, with them, and that they, the house of Israel, are my people, declares the Lord God. And you are my sheep, human sheep of my pasture, and I am your God, declares the Lord God. Not bad, huh? Nicely done. What, a, what an amazing reading. I hope the Holy Spirit was able to open up your ears and your minds and your hearts to really understand. And again, as we unpack that from God's Word. So if you have your Bibles, you'll turn with me to John chapter 10. We're going to take that as a springboard into uh, our sermon series of the I Am of John's Gospel. It's absolutely amazing. Do you know what they say makes a, what, what it means when a cow lays down? Does anybody know the wives' tale, what it means when a cow is laying down? Maybe you guys don't see cows very often. When I grew up, there was a lot of cows. And when the cows laid down, it meant something. What did it mean when the cows laid down? Anybody know? Yes, sir? It's going to rain. Yes. I got one farmer in the entire place. It means it's going to rain. And I have no idea if that's true or not. I have no idea how a cow's barometric system understands the weather climates, if it's going to rain or not. But I know growing up, anytime we went by cows and they were laying down, we're like, oh, 
it's going to rain, which isn't a hard thing to say in upstate New York because it rains all the time anyway, right? And so, but what makes a sheep lie down? Anybody know what make, makes a sheep lie down? If a cow lies down when it's going to rain, what makes a sheep lie down? Again, I, I'm no expert on sheep. I don't know sheep, but apparently uh, for a sheep to lie down, it has to be healthy. It won't lie down unless it's kind of flourishing, and it cannot flourish without a shepherd. A sheep without a shepherd are messes. I mean, they really are. I mean, they're, 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 they're smelly. Um, uh, they, they, they are not smart. Uh, but for a sheep to lie down, uh, accordingly to, uh, to important things like Google, <laughs> it will tell us there's four things that are needed for a sheep to lie down. They've got to be free from fear. If they're afraid, they're not going to lay down, obviously. Well, would you, right? So they need to be uh, freed from fear. They need to be free from friction uh, from those within uh, the pack. You know, they've got to have a little space, a little room. They can't just be buttoned up to those, those bullies next to them. They've got to be free from parasites and pests. Now, interestingly, I found out that oftentimes the shepherd would anoint their heads with oil, uh, to help them with parasites and pests, to, to kind of free them because they, they just can't get them off themselves. They may harm themselves trying to get free of those parasites or pests, but they got to be free from them. And then lastly, they got to be free from hunger. Uh, if they are well fed, uh, if they don't have fear, they don't have nasty parasites uh, or, or something biting at them, and they have a little bit of room, they don't have friction they are able to lay down. It's interesting what God's word tells us about who our God is and who his son is. That Jesus will free us from all the things that, that, that paralyze us, all the things that plague us to allow us to lie down in green pastures. Psalm 23. To, lie us, to let us lay down in, in safety beside still waters where there's calm. And we're going to see that Jesus is this good shepherd who has come, and listen to what he says, I've come to give you life, and not just any kind of life, I've come to give you life and life abundantly. In this series, as we looked at Jesus in his own words in the IMs, the question keeps arising, it's going to come right from the text this morning, who is this Jesus? And there's a great discussion, there's an argument of who he is. Some will say, He's a lunatic, he's a liar, he's demonic, uh, he's, he's, he's crazy. Um, and some will say, no, 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 he is Lord. He is the Christ, the one that was promised to come. He was the prophet that was promised to come. And the question seems to be getting louder through the Gospels of who is this Jesus character? Who is he really? And again, it's the ultimate question for all of us. Who do you say Jesus is? Who is he? The answer uh, to the question of Jesus' identity was causing a great divide. It was a divide then, it's a divide now. So this is week four of the sermon series entitled, I Am, Jesus in His Own Words. These are all found in the Gospel of John. They will tell us who Jesus is, it's Jesus' own words. It will not only tell us who Jesus is, it will tell us what the gospel story really is, the good news of the gospel of God's love for us in Christ Jesus. But if we listen closely to the I am's in John, it will tell us more than just who Jesus is or more than just what the gospel story is. We really see the entire Bible story unfold before us. 
This morning we're going to look at the, uh, the words of Jesus' found in John chapter 10, where he says, I am the good shepherd. Again, these, these words uh, would cause some of the religious people to get so angry at him, freak out so much, that they would call him demonic, uh, that they would want to kill him. But we're going to look at three things as we look at this incredible text. We're going to see that Jesus is the promise. He says, I am the promised good shepherd who was to come. Remember Ezekiel 34 that just promised us that. I am the good shepherd who knows my sheep. We'll unpack that. And then I am the good shepherd who lays his life down for his sheep. So let's look to John, the gospel of John. Uh, we're going to be in John 10. I'm going to read verses 1 through 31. Uh, it's a little bit of a setup here, but these are Jesus' own words, uh, an incredible uh, truth of God. So hear the word of the Lord given to us in the Gospel of John, starting in John 10, verse 1. Jesus says, Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers." This figure of speech Jesus used with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. So Jesus again said to them, truly, truly, or verily, verily, or like, amen, listen to this. By the way, the religious leaders oftentimes when they heard truth would say, truly, truly, amen. They would hear truth and they would end it with amen. Only Jesus can start off by saying, by the way, amen, amen about what I'm about to tell you. True and true. You want to hear this? This is coming, this is true. I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who come before me are thieves and robbers. But the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd, who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees, and the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he's a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own, and my own know me. Just as the Father knows me, I know the Father." I lay down my life for the sheep, and I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. So there'll be one flock and one shepherd. For this reason, the Father loves me, because I lay down my life that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down on my own accord. I have authority to lay it down. I have authority to take it up again. This charge I have received from my Father. There was again division among the Jews because of these words. Many of them said, he has a demon. He's insane. Why listen to him? Others said, these are not the words of one who's oppressed by a demon. 
Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? That happened just one chapter before. At the time, uh, at the, time the feast of dedication took place at Jerusalem. It was winter, and Jesus was walking in the temple in the colonnade of Solomon. So the Jews gathered around him and said to him, How long will you keep us in suspense? If you are the Christ, the Messiah, tell us plainly. Jesus answered them, I told you, and you do not believe. The works that I do in my Father's name bear witness about me, but you do not believe because you are not among my sheep. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and the Father are one. The Jews picked up stones again to stone him. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Oh, Father God, we thank you for this glorious word that you've given to us, whether we find it in Ezekiel or John. Oh, God, we thank you for a promise that you made that you personally would come and seek to save the lost sheep, that you would do that with your own mighty arm. And God, we thank you that you fulfilled that promise by coming to us through your Son, our Savior Jesus, the good shepherd of the sheep. Oh God, it's an incredible joy to know that he knows us, that he loves us, and an incredible joy and a profound mystery that he would lay his life down for us. Oh God, would you come and speak through a broken sinner like me? Oh God, would you empower me by your spirit? Oh God, would you give us ears to hear your voice and minds to understand your word, whether in Ezekiel or, or John or everywhere we find it? God, would you give us hearts to embrace your truth? That God, would you give us feet that would follow the good shepherd? Would you give us feet that would walk in a manner worthy of his name? Would you give us feet that don't wander away from him, but that would run to him? God, the things that I say that are wrong are merely my opinion. May those things be forgotten quickly and fall away. But the things that are said that are true and contain the good news of the gospel, would you use those things to make us more like your son, the good shepherd, our savior? And it's in his matchless name that we pray. Amen. The first thing we're going to see out of this incredible text is that Jesus is the, the promised one to come. I am the promised good shepherd who was to come. And as we see the bigger context of the story of the Bibles, we've looked into Ezekiel, that God is the one, even beyond that, God is the one who has always longed to shepherd his people. God has made us in his image and he's made us for himself. And God has made us to know and to love and to follow him. It's always been God's design. It's always been God's desire to shepherd his people. We see that throughout scripture. And we see even when God's people would ask for a king to rule over him, the problem wasn't that they were asking for a shepherd or a king. The problem was that they were asking for a shepherd and king like the other nations. If you're God, if you're his sheep, he never wants you to be like the other nations. He, he loves you, and he's got a unique love and care for you. He wants you to be completely different. 
And he himself wants to shepherd us. He, he promised a, a shepherd that would ha have one of his own hearts, a shepherd after his own hearts. And he, he raised up a, a shepherd boy by the name of David. And David who would come and, and lead his people. But, but that was only a side of what was to come an even greater David. His name is Jesus. And throughout Scripture, you realize that God's always frustrated when his people are like sheep without a shepherd. Let me hit pause and say, you were not created in God's image to live an independent life. You were not created that one day you're going to figure it all out and not need to lean on him. God has created you in his image for his glory, but he's created you as a sheep to have a shepherd and to have a good shepherd, to have God shepherd you personally. And in, in Ezekiel 34, I love this picture. God gives us this perfect picture of what a shepherd should be like how it should be like one who's over his people. And then the Lord will personally say, listen, I personally promise to shepherd you. Matt, you did a phenomenal job. But in Ezekiel 34, let's just go back and look at a couple of those things. In verse 11, he says, For thus says the Lord God, Behold, I, I myself will search for my sheep and will seek after them. As a shepherd seeks out his flock, when, when, uh, when he's among his sheep that have been scattered. I, I, myself. Here's the point. In Hebrew, in a place that didn't have any like exclamation points or emojis to put next to it to make you know they really listen to this, when it repeats itself, it's saying this is important. And God is emphatically saying, let me tell you something. I, I, myself, I, myself, I'm going to go after the sheep. I, myself. I'm going to look for the lost. I myself am going to bind up the, the broken. I myself am going to, am going to search after them and, and gather them, and I'm going to feed them. I'm going to cause them to lay down. This is a God who says, my, by myself, I'm going to do this for my sheep. I'm going to shepherd my people. I'm going to seek after the lost. I'm going to bind up the broken. I myself will feed my people. And yet, at the end of that passage in Ezekiel, in verses 23 and 24, he says that he's going to set up one shepherd, his servant David, over them. Now, which one is it, God? Are you yourself going to come and shepherd your people? Or are you going to set up your one servant, David, to come set up your people? Which one is it? Well, the answer is yes. Jesus amazingly and beautifully is both. Jesus is that good shepherd that God promised that he personally would come to rescue the lost sheep. He personally would come to bind up the broken. He personally would come to gather and love us. Yet he's also the promised king that would come in the line of David. The one that would be the true king in David's line. The one who would lay down his life for his sheep. This is Jesus. It's an, you read this. And by the way, I just wonder, you know that the Pharisees knew this story. And you know that God himself had promised to send a Messiah. And you know that they also said it's going to be from the line of David. What were they thinking? I mean, here they are. Just put yourself in their sandals. Here they are, knowing the prophecy, longing for it to be true, that God himself is going to come rescue us. And now you have Jesus saying, by the way, I'm the guy. I am the one. I'm the one who was promised I'm the one, I'm here, I've arrived, I'm the real deal. And they're like, you're crazy, you're demonic, it can't be. They missed it. But this is Jesus, 
the one fully God fulfills the promise God himself has come for us. God in flesh has come to rescue us. Fully man. Fully man in the line of David. Fully man uh, to come lay his down life down for us. This is the promised Messiah. And again, when he says, it's, I am the good shepherd, there's, it's so, there's so much more than just John 10. It's that whole promise throughout the Old Testament that God would come to set his people free. The good shepherd who came to give us life and life abundantly. This one shepherd in Christ Jesus. Jesus has come to give us life and life abundantly. And the only way that we can have life and life abundantly is to have a good shepherd who will provide for us. It's the only way. You want, you want life? You want life as God intended it? You want abundant life, eternal life? Where are you looking? The only way we could ever find life and life abundantly is in the good shepherd, Jesus. Jesus came to give us that. And what will a good shepherd provide for us? He provides for us. We've got to be known and we've got to be loved. You can't have life and life abundantly if you're not known. And you can't have life and life abundantly if you're not loved. And you can't have life and life abundantly if you're not safe and secure, even in the midst of a pandemic, broken world like we live in. So this is the one. I'm the promised good shepherd who is to come. Amazing. But there's more. And he says, I am the good shepherd who knows my sheep. I remember when God gave me the beautiful calling uh, to go into ministry, uh, and I had the privilege of doing that uh, for student ministry for the first 10 years, uh, I prayed, and one of the things I prayed for was that God would give me the ability to remember names. Because I was like many of you, I, I, I didn't remember them. Um, and it seems like the older I get, the more I forget them. But anyway, I was like, God, if you're going to send me into student ministry, what's really important for all of us, but especially like middle school and high school students, they got to know, they want people to know their name. They want to be called by name. God, would you help me remember, you're the good shepherd, would you help me remember names? And it's one of the clearest answered prayers that during that time, I mean, I, I could go on a retreat and learn new people's names and just kind of know them. And it was just a reflection of a God who knows us. And he wants you to know this. You're known. He knows your name and you're loved. He knows our names. He recognizes our faces in the crowd. He loves us enough to lay his life down for us. Think about that. And here's how Jesus says, let me tell you how I know you. And here's what he says. Now listen, I know my sheep, watch this, just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, so I know my sheep. So you want to ask the question, well, how does God the Son, the eternal Son of God, know God the Father? And how, how does the Father know the Son? Well, that's a, that's a perfect knowledge. I mean, that is a beautiful, loving knowledge. So he's saying this. Listen, in this, in this incredible oneness and in, in knowledge of the triune God, and that knowledge is how I know and love you. He's going to say this in Scripture. I know you eternally. Ephesians 1.4 says, Before God created anything, before the foundation of the earth, God has chosen us in Christ Jesus to be holy and blameless. Now say, hey, pause. Seriously? Before God created anything, he knew you? Yes, according to Scripture. Before the mountains were spoken into existence, before the oceans were created, before time started ticking, God says, by the way, I knew you. 
He knows us personally. John keeps on saying, by the way, I know your name. And listen, my, my sheep, they, 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 they know me. I, I, they know my voice. I know their voice. I, I know their smell. I know the, what they do. I, I, know, I know them personally. The ones who don't follow me, I, I, they're not mine. I have this personal knowledge of my own. Isn't that amazing? God who, who owns all things, created all things, personally knows how many hairs are on your head, personally knows you, and he knows you intimately. I, mean, I love, love what Psalm 139 will say this about our God. And he says, listen, I, I know when you sit down and I know when you rise up. I, I know a word before it's on your tongue. I know your thoughts. Ooh, that could be terrifying. I mean, can it not be terrifying, a God who really, really knows us? Listen, he's a God we can't hide from. He's a God we can't fake it till we make it. He, he's a God who knows us eternally, who, who knows us personally, who knows us intimately, who knows us more than we know ourselves, who knows when we sit and when we stand, we lie down. He's a God who knows us. And here's how I mean, he says, I wove you together in your mother's womb. I was there. And before a day came to be, I wrote them all down. So you can't be more known than you are known by the good shepherd. And that could be both exciting and glorifying and absolutely terrifying. Let me hit pause here and say this too. Jesus knows who's not his sheep. Let me tell you, Scripture makes clear that although all are made in his image and all have worth because of that, not everybody's a sheep. Matter of fact, he calls some goats. And he says he's going to separate sheep from goats. And just because you're made in God's image or attend a church or, or are religious doesn't make you one of his sheep. He's very clear in John 10, my sheep follow me. My sheep know me. I know them. There's a distinction. And you want to know, am I a sheep? My goat. How does God view me? But here's the beautiful, let's turn the corner here. Jesus knows us completely and loves us perfectly. Let that sink in. He knows you completely and loves you perfectly. Remember your first few dates? Those of you who might be married, remember the first few dates? You make a good impression. You know, you want to make sure that you put your best foot forward. Why? Because if they know the real stuff, they might run like crazy, right? You let the crazy come out later. You, you, you set the hook. You make them think that you're normal, that you actually got some good things going on, you know. You, you, you fake it, you know. You, you're hiding all the stuff you can. Because why? Because deep down you're terrified. If they really knew you, they would run for the hills. And here's the sad reality that we long to be known and we long to be loved, but there's this incredible fear if we're really known, we can't be really loved. Because we're knuckleheads, aren't we? Because we're dumb sheep that are prone to wander. And I'm telling you, it can be absolutely terrifying that the holy God who is knows you per perfectly and loves you completely. There is joy and freedom in that. Because here's the truth. There's not something in your closet that he's not aware of. There's not something in your life that's going to pop out and God's going to say, whoa, I didn't know about that. Woo, game changer. Walking away from this one right here. Man, where, where did that come from? Now let me just tell you, let's just hit pause on this again. If it's true, he knows us completely and loves us perfectly. Does anybody feel set free? 
Does anybody feel like that? You can't get better love than that? That's amazing. That is our God. This is the greatest of joys in Christ Jesus, fully known, fully loved. I mean, I want to do the moonwalk up here. I mean, this is like really good stuff. And he knows us not only individually, but corporately. He knows us together. We're unified in community, one flock, one shepherd, loved. And then he says, I am the good shepherd who lays his life down for his sheep. I guarantee you, if you've been around church, you've heard that. Does that not stagger you? If it said, I am the good shepherd who watches over my sheep, we should say, praise God, he watches us. And if it says, I'm the good shepherd who cares for my sheep and feeds them, we're like, praise God, he feeds us and he cares for us. But there's something amazingly startling about this. I'm the good shepherd who lays his life down for his sheep. Now let's start here. The good shepherd's value far exceeds the sheep. I mean, it's not even close. He is God's only begotten son. This is the spotless lamb of God. This is the eternal holy one of God. What is he doing laying his life down from wandering sheep that are just pretty darn stupid? That's incredible. How can this be? How does he lay his life down for dirty, smelly, wandering sheep? It's absolutely amazing of the love that the shepherd has for us. What kind of love is required to lay your life down for your sheep? What kind of shepherd does that? I get protecting them. I, I, I get entering into danger. But laying your life down? Scripture will answer that. Greater love is no man ever known than one who will lay his life down for us. Why? Why would he do it? Well, listen, he said, I've come for you to have life and life abundantly. Listen, there's no life, none, and there's no abundant life without the good shepherd laying down his life. We can't find the good life. We can't find life unless the spotless lamb of God dies uh, with our sins attached to him and the wrath of God poured out upon him, the only way we have life and life abundantly is that the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. And that's what he's done. Jesus lays down his life so we can have life and have it abundantly. Watch this. Jesus dies so that we can live. Jesus dies so that we can have life and life abundantly, which means this, without that curse of sin hanging over us. Jesus dies so we can live and live eternally. John 10, 28 tells us, I've come to give them life and not just abundant, but eternal, full and long. And the only way we do that is that I lay my life down for them. And now what do we have? We're safe. And we're secure. That's what sheep need to have. We need to be safe and we need to be secure. We're safe because why? Jesus laid down his life for us. And here's what he tells us. Don't miss this. Amazing. Now nothing can separate us from the love of God. Nothing. <laughs> nothing. 
that eternal love of God. Our enemy has been defeated. Our enemy of sin and death was defeated. And in Christ Jesus, we are forgiven and free. And we now are free to dwell with God, coming in and out of his pasture. Just say, hey, you know, I, I, it's me. I, I wandered again. Knucklehead. Yep, went looking for the wrong meadow again. But I know that you laid your life down for me and nothing separates me from your love. And here I am. I'm safe. So are you. Secure. You know, I love what he says. Nothing can snatch us out of his hand. Nothing can snatch us out of God's hand. You know what it says? Nothing can separate us from the Father's love. You know what it says to us? It says, watch this. We can't be disqualified from God's fold. We can't be disqualified from God's fold. Did you get that? You're not going to mess it up so bad that God says, oh, you're out. I got to cut you. You know, <laughs> if I were God, it would have done a long time ago to all of us. But this eternal, never-ending love of God that lays his life down for the sheep, that became their sin so we could become his righteousness. Nothing can separate us from his love. Not even you. You're free. Lay down in green pastures. You're free. You're loved. Go by still waters. But you say, I'm a mess. I know you are. So am I. <laughs> and there's so much, so much confusion and there's so much chaos. I know. But our good shepherd has laid his life down for us. He's given us life and life abundantly. And it started now. And one day we're going to see him face to face. We are safe and secure. Why? Because Jesus provides it all. That's what a shepherd does. The ability to hear, listen, the ability to hear our shepherd's voice, he gave us that. The ability to follow our shepherd is the grace that he gave us. The ability to, to lay our lives down for him, well, because he laid his life down for us. All the ability that we need, God has given to us. Why? Because salvation is truly of the Lord, and those that he eternal loved, he laid his life down for those and those alone. And those that he laid his life down, he gave us the ability to hear his voice, to follow him, and to be made new by him. That's how he loves his sheep. You know, you and I will never find life and life abundantly without a good shepherd. We can't. The question is, have you heard his voice? Are you following him with your life? Remember the four things that a sheep needs to lay down his life. You have to be free from fear. Only in Christ Jesus can you be free from fear that God is with us and God is for us? You need to be free from friction from others around you, that Jesus is the Prince of Peace. He's knocked down the dividing wall that separates us. We have peace with God that is vertical and peace with God that is horizontal. I had to think, okay, do I have my horizontal and verticals right? Peace with one another. We got to be free from parasites and pests, and Jesus frees us from the parasites of sin and the pests of death. We got to be free from hunger. Jesus is the true bread from heaven, the bread of life. Feed on him, the good shepherd. His name is Jesus. Let us pray. Now, Father God, thanks for the audacious promise in Ezekiel 34 that you personally will come and look for the sheep. You're going to come and search for those who are lost and scattered. You personally are going to come to those who are wounded and need binding up. 
You personally are going to come and feed and shepherd your flock. You personally are going to cause us to lie down. And God, we thank you that that, those weren't empty, big words, that you fulfilled that promise in your own son. In the line of David, the one who's fully God and fully man, who would come to give us life and life abundantly, and the only way we can have that life and life abundantly is the good shepherd laid his life down for the sheep. Thank you. Now we ask that you would help us lay our lives down so we truly can find them following after our good shepherd Jesus. And it's in his matchless name we pray. Amen.